Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a therapist and author based on the west side of Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to my podcast, named after my recent book, It's Not About the Sex. Here we have honest conversations related to compulsive sexual behavior and trauma, all from a sexual health perspective. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints and practical strategies toward establishing greater intimacy and a more deeply connected life. Let's begin. Good afternoon, Sue. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good Good evening. Somewhere in between. Buenos tardes. Buenos noches. Today, I thought we would do something a little bit different. And it's based on our experience from the other night. Sue was generous enough to take me to a very special experience. And I don't know if any of our listeners have heard of it before, but it's called mind travel, Mm -hmm. M-I-N-D, mind travel, right, Sue? It's all about the mind. Right, exactly. It is all about the mind. Well, it's about the, the mind and the body and hopefully the spirit, but there was a focus on the mind in this case. And I'm wondering if, if you can share how you even ended up hearing about this and, and how we ended up going the other night on this experience together. This journey. This um, journey, this traveling. I came across it. I was looking at a friend's posting on Instagram who was out at Burning Man. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Burning Man. but A lot that's... of people are familiar. Okay. Yeah. Big Sandy Festival. Creativity all over creativity. the place. Probably a lot of mind traveling going on out there. For sure. In a lot of different ways. And so there was a link on somebody's post on Instagram and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, it was a friend. It wasn't like a, an advertisement for this. So I just kind of went down the um, wormhole, so to speak, and saw that this man was playing at Burning Man. And since I've never been to Burning Man, have a little bit of an interest to go there. I thought, well, why not? see if he ever plays local and just so happens he was be he was going to be playing in Santa Monica on Rosh Hashanah go figure and um wow let's go let's go mm-hmm. to this like let's this seems like an an over the top it's all like meditative music and I thought right. if you're on the ocean in Santa Monica at sunset on Rosh Hashanah like who wouldn't want to go so I, I went ahead and ordered early, early bird tickets. Mm-hmm. So you and I were early birds. We were early birds. And lucky for us, we could walk there. Right. And your son couldn't make it. So I was a, a good second choice. Well, I wasn't going to include that part, but yes. <laughs> so I, I benefited from going with you, of course, which I always enjoy spending time together. And I knew absolutely nothing about it going into the mind travel Mm -hmm. and thought, oh, that'll be fun to spend the time with you. It happens to be Rosh Hashanah for people who don't know what Rosh Hashanah is. It's the Jewish New Year. And this was Sunday night, which was the what's called Erev Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah Eve in a sense. And like you said, it was on the beach in Santa Monica. So I'm wondering if you can paint the picture as mm. to what it looked like because it's it's really not easy to describe but I think it's important to set the scene okay so as we're walking down the hill I was noticing there was some 
a lot of white um, flags blowing in the wind. There were a white tent where we checked in and we were handed Oh, this was the greatest part of it. It was a silent concert. So we were island. What does that mean, Sue? <laughs> Nobody could hear it except for us. <laughs> How does that work? I mean, I think that's the most interesting part. Sure. So um, we were all handed wireless headphones, nice quality ones, actually. And they were all branded Mind Travel. I don't know if you noticed on the side. So he had invested some money into the, the headsets. And then I don't know if you noticed to the right of where his piano was set up, there was um, a long pole that had a, a transmitter on it. So they were transmitting this on a frequency that the headphones were set on to receive. So you could actually, and he welcomed and encouraged people to while the music was playing and him lecturing us, um, you could walk pretty far around all the way to the ocean there was people mm -hmm. moving and dancing and the frequency was quite powerful and i guess there was nothing to interfere with it so it worked really really well very clear very clear yeah so the audio quality was was actually quite impeccable even though we had this private headphone experience and we were watching him playing the piano i think it was a baby grand or something like that it was a big piano we were really in this intimate kind of connection but it was a silent concert which is i've never seen anything like that yeah which is really cool there's silent discos people will go to clubs and everyone wears headphones and so none, none of the neighbors would even know this was going on it's wow. a very interesting concept mm -hmm. we did feel how many people do you think were there maybe a couple hundred yeah. Something like that. And they had set it up with beautiful lighting. I would say. Yes. There was yes. sunflowers all stuck in the ground with another white flower. Uh -huh. And a lot of people showed up wearing white, which at first I thought maybe this is some sort of cult or like a guilty remnant from the movie Leftovers from the TV show. Uh, uh -huh. And then you shared with me why they were wearing white because of Rosh Hashanah. It was well. I think white is, is associated with the beach in general, but I think there is something about an old tradition. It's a very traditional approach to Rosh Hashanah where people will wear all white. They don't get dressed up in suits. They wear kind of flowing white shirt, white pants, white sh shoes, and usually no leather. There's mm -hmm. something about like making it vegan or, or non-leather. So like canvas sneaks or something like that. But, but I, I, I wanted to just go back to what you were saying. There were, I don't know how many flowers were stuck in the ground, but it was really quite a, like a movie set. And, mm. and in addition to what, what you shared, there was also two trees, right? Oh, right. Right. <laughs> like the Japanese maple trees or something. Yeah, exactly. They were and white, so, but they were lit. That's right. So they were lit in ways that, that were like sort of fuchsia and, and reddish and, it, it it was really, I mean, as the, the sun went down, I think it actually became more spectacular. Mm, yeah. And then, of course, the Santa Monica Pier is behind it. And again, as the sun went down, everything lit up behind it. And it almost seemed like it was correlated. And maybe that was the mind travel we were on or not. Yeah. But there was definitely a synchronicity or connection with the reds and the and the heart that they had. Um, all, yeah, there was just a lot of 
I guess, synchronicity, I would call it. And then the Venice bike parade came by and <laughs> they were all lit up too. So it was just the electric bike parade. So it was, it was all like one big unexpected choreography. And I was reading his website and it, it said that you never know what's going to happen with the elements and with nature and with the energy of the crowd. Mm. And I just wanted to share that the, it wasn't like just a little heart on the Santa Monica pier. It was like a gigantic heart on the Ferris wheel that kept on moving and gyrating and, and shifting and changing colors. And, and so I don't think he did that intentionally, but maybe there was a power greater than ourselves that was creating this larger experience between the electric bike parade and the pier. I don't know, but it didn't line up nicely. It was very welcoming, I would say. And yeah, so I mean, if you want to speak a little bit to um, where your mind was when he started the the whole, oh, I want to talk about him a little bit too, the performer himself. Yeah, you know, he was very humble. I, I think what was interesting about his approach is, and, and by the way, I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name, but his first name is Murray. He goes by Murray. And the last name is Hyderi, H-I-D-A-R-Y, Hyderi. And I was reading a little bit about him and he, he has a background as a meditation teacher, as well as a bereavement specialist. So he has that type of training in addition to being a really talented musician because he played, I mean, how long would you say he played total? Like 75 minutes, 90 minutes? Yeah. It was a long time, maybe even a little beyond our capacity, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the music was beautiful. Beautiful. But he did add some philosophy or I don't know what you would call it, what what it was he was measuring or offering. he was, that's a great word. I think it was an offering and I don't, I don't know his background in, in terms of how he um, evolved to this point in, in what he does, but I, I did see that he does a lot of different locations all around, like all around the country. He's, he's really, this is um, a traveling experience that, mm. that he has immersed himself in and invested himself in creating this experience for others. And uh, for that, I I, I give him a tremendous amount of credit. And I'm not here to promote him in any way or to say, you know, go out and find him and have this experience. I'm just wanting to actually debrief a little bit with Sue, because I think we walked away, at least I did, feeling a little satiated and not even able to fully process what just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot. The cup was overflowing. <laughs> For sure. And I didn't even know yeah, where to begin. Um, so I think we just pushed it aside. We talked very little about it the rest of the night. But Right. Um, we went to dinner and, yeah. and relaxed and, and had our, our, our time together to socialize. But one of the things that that I learned about him is apparently he introduces a theme to every experience, and that he, he I think he called it an experience. Is that what he called it, I or did he so call too. it? A, yeah, mind travel experience. Because because he was saying at the very beginning, he said, "I may be up here offering my my music and my ideas, but but you are participants in this. We are in this together." 
this isn't a concert where you sit and and just listen. You participate in something that will reveal itself and that will kind of be different for every single person, right? There's no right. we expectation of it, right? Yeah, he included us in our energy. He did. In, he did in the experience itself. Yeah, right. And that's where I thought. It, it was rather fascinating because I don't know if he chose this particular theme on purpose because of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the high holidays, but he chose to talk about forgiveness. And as I told you the other night, Sue, what touched me about it is forgiveness, the way he talked about it was very global. It wasn't necessarily a Jewish uh, approach. It wasn't a Christian approach. It wasn't a 12-step approach, but it was more about ideas and posing this notion that forgiveness is something that each and every one of us can participate in, in, in one form or another. It was right? very profound. Very profound. Yeah. And, and for me, if, if somebody can be provocative in that way and, and, and make me think, I know that we're on the right track. And he did make me think. Mm -hmm. By the way, before I forget to say this, I also want to share that, that I believe that there's something about what he was presenting that really was on a personal level, it, it is about the 12 steps. It's about the steps eight and nine, you know, identifying um, who I want to make amends to, and and then in step nine, making amends, except when to do so would injure them or others. And what felt really familiar to me is that through the years, forgiveness has taken on different meaning. Like 20, 30 years ago, I, I would have had a very, very different conversation about it. But, but nowadays, I, I really look at it as something that is really my responsibility. Exactly. And yeah. it's a, yeah. And it was interesting because he did go on about almost prophesizing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, just speaking profoundly about what forgiveness as, like you said, a global forgiveness and how helpful it is to yourself, you know, how, I don't even know if helpful is the right word, but it's part of a process. He was talking about the process more That's of right. forgiveness. Right. Um, Rather and, than a destination. Right. Exactly. So it was an interesting spin on it. And I, I was kind of upset that that was the theme of the night, but I was hoping it was going to be love, but it did come down to love at some point. He did bring it down to love because that's what everything's about. I think, um, but forgiveness, we've talked about it in the past and yes. he just kind of, went on and 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 on. just when you think it was over, there was more talk about forgiveness and it was one or two words at a time. That's right. Being almost like poetry. And I have no idea how this man spoke for so long. Right. Not like top of his head. It was just amazing to witness that. But I feel good about having learned how to forgive others and myself and know that it's beneficial to myself. And, and, and as you said, like as a child or earlier in our lives, you would 
almost say, I'm not going to forgive them. Why would I forgive them? Right. And it kind of have some anger maybe with it, but instead to separate it and look at forgiveness more as a love and a benefit that you can do for yourself and how that can spread to global forgiveness, I guess. Yeah. And, and I don't want to misquote him, but I agree. I think what came out a few times, because I think in the way he talks, it's almost cyclical, like he'll talk about something and then he'll move away from it and then he'll come back to it and then he'll move away. And, and in that way, it, it was rather meditative and sometimes redundant, but, but more than anything, it was kind of planting seeds towards how does this apply to you? And what, what I appreciated the most, I think, is he did come back to love eventually. He talked about the idea of how forgiveness is, well, and, and in, in many directions, forgiveness of others, forgiveness of self, uh, accepting forgiveness from others, um, whatever direction it may go, has to do with a, a, ultimately a sense of self-acceptance, a sense of self-understanding, and eventually self-love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, a, how can I put it? No matter what he said, I, I felt like there was some validity to it. Mm-hmm. And I agree. He, he, he improved on the piano and he improved in his words and just had a way of, of going, going, going. And for me, I, I, I lost uh, some of my uh, ability to pay attention mm-hmm. only because I, I, I just reached my limit, but, but that's okay too. That's part of my mind travel experience that, that sometimes I, after an hour, it's, it's a lot, right. but that's okay. And so I, if, if you noticed, I was a little fidgety. We started on the beach chairs and then I moved on to the blanket and I got back on the beach chair and I had my eyes open and I had my eyes closed. Right. So I was doing the same thing. I was yeah waiting for the stars to come out and annoyed with the person behind me. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of went off a little bit when I understood. Yeah. And then I would just get drawn back in. And yeah, yeah. So it's like an ebb and a flow. And then watching yeah. people walk in that scene. He played the piano without speaking for a very long time. Long time. It was it was phenomenal and and over the top. But by the way, I just have to say that I can't remember the last time I sat on the beach looking at stars in Santa Monica. It was a clear night mm, and we didn't beautiful. see every star, but it was really quite beautiful. It really was a special time, special place. And I enjoyed being there. I was a little annoyed with myself and being antsy and and not being able to, I felt like get everything out of it, but I got out of it everything I could. You know, I just had to forgive myself for feeling that way. <laughs> but isn't that really the, the, the point that, that if we can accept ourselves fully and know that if we're fidgety or, or we're just not able to hang in there, that that's, that's okay. And we can accept ourselves. We can love ourselves. We can notice that we've gone as far as we can go. It's true. It's about awareness and I shouldn't be so hard on myself, but I got to get more out of this. I need more of this. Figure this out. Self-compassion, right? 
Right. I was just reading some quotes that you, I probably are going to hit on now, but it was just really cool. The, the hurt people hurt others and loving people love others. And what does that mean to you? I feel that again, it comes to awareness. So if people, if people, if you are hurting somebody, do you even know that you're hurting somebody? But it helps you to understand, like, if someone hurts you, wait a minute, they're really hurting. That's right. It's them, you know, and it kind of lets you breathe a little better. And and it's the same, as you said, with loving. If someone's loving you, they're loving people and they're able to love. So mm-hmm. it's like really nice. I, I thought that was so, again, so provocative and... I want to remind our listeners that hurting others and being hurt by others is inevitable. It happens as part of the human experience, right? And hopefully loving people and being loved by others is also inevitable. And there's hurt parts of us and there's loving parts of us. So it's not us and them, it's it's us. It's knowing that that's just part of what we do, but the more evolved we are, the more healed we are, the the less our hurt is unconscious and unfortunately leaking onto others at times, the more we can lean towards the loving uh, experience of giving and and receiving love. And, And isn't that one of the, not only goals of recovery, but isn't that one of the um, intentions of, of life in general? Yeah, for sure. And, and learning how to heal yourself is so important in recovery, you know, just really that self-care and turning it on yourself Mm -hmm. is really a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I always hear myself say, well, as an, as a recovering perfectionist, can I be imperfect and can I forgive myself for being imperfect? you know, as someone who has a history of compulsive sexual behavior, is there a way to be more embracing of, you know, all dimensions, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think, I believe that receiving love is one of the, the, the greatest challenges of recovery in general, but for particular um, compulsive sexual behavior. So, yeah, I, I think this idea of hurt people hurt others and loving people love others is not about us and them. It's about all of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about this experience in the midst of what's going on in the world right now. And I'm not going to get too political about it, but we know that there's unrest in the world, whether it be in Ukraine, whether it be in the pandemic whether it be in um, American politics, a lot of divisiveness, a lot of conflict. And the evening on the beach felt to me like the antithesis of all of that. Yeah, for sure. I'm so far removed because the headphones kind of locked me in, you know, and locked out everything else. Mm -hmm. And like right not now, right now. I don't want to hear this. Planning, you know, I don't want to hear what's outside of what's going on. So it was nice. It was almost a little escape pod, but mind traveling, I guess, is all about that. Exactly. Locking out the noise. 
Right. And obviously he's touched a, a particular yearning in people. And my sense is that most of the crowd was really interested in, in just immersing themselves in something different, you know, some kind of private yet, um, how can I put this? It was like we were alone in the experience and we were all together in the experience. Mm. And I think there's something super powerful about that because isn't that how life is really? It's true. Exactly. We are alone in our thoughts, but we're around people all the time. Right. Right. That we, we come into this world as an individual and we go out of this world as an individual. And in between, hopefully we have some meaningful connection. Really the, the direct application of this podcast is not so much to find a mind travel experience, although you might want to check it out, but more about creating a space for yourself where, you know, I think music and, and in this case, it was kind of new agey, you know, had a, um, a, a soft, uh, soothing quality at times and a more intense and um, almost um, dissonant quality at times. But there was, you know, it's, it's trans, what's the word? It transports me. And I think music transcends mm, words. Sure. Yep. And so in recovery, for those of you who are interested in, in using music as a way to transport yourself or to meditate more deeply, this is the kind of thing that, that certainly can assist, okay. even if it's just one evening, but, but, but you get to choose, you know, your music, your um, space, et cetera. It's all about making choices that help you. For sure. Right. And, and what I wanted to reflect back to you again is that I actually didn't know what I was going to do for Rosh Hashanah this year. I was thinking about going to temple, which I sometimes do, sometimes don't do. And yet there is something right about having the time with you, having the experience that resembled something that that rabbis talk about, and that certainly the 12 steps talk about. And, and so I just appreciate your invitation and, and spending the time together because it, it is a time of, of reflection. And um, it's also a time of acknowledging the new year on the Jewish calendar and the sweetness, hopefully of the year to come. And I certainly wish you a, a very sweet and, and happy and healthy uh, new year, Sue. Oh, thanks, Andrew. It was so nice to share that experience with you. I was so happy that you were able to, to come with me and it lined up perfectly with, with everything that we shared. The stars aligned. It was beautiful. All right. So thanks for, for the um, debriefing, Sue. <laughs> I'll see you soon. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening today. It was so terrific sharing this time with my colleague and friend, Sue Merlino, and discussing this topic called mind travel. If you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe and share my podcast for those who may benefit. I look forward to you joining us the next time. And don't forget to stay connected.